Welcome to Today on Broadway for Monday, February 13th, 2023. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tiamanini. And I'm Tell Me on a Sunday podcast, Grace Aki. Grace, lots of stuff happening over the weekend and this next coming days in the podcast feed. I want to run down that stuff real quick for everybody. On Saturday, Jan Simpson's latest episode of All the Drama premiered in the regular feed. It had been previously on Patreon the previous week. But this episode featured the 1953 Pulitzer Prize for Drama, Picnic, which has had an illustrious history on stage and screen. Jan gets into all of that. Then, of course, on Sunday, we had the latest episode of this week on Broadway. And then on Monday coming up will be the episode that I talked about last week, my interview with the great Rupert Holmes. Lots of fun to talk to him. I am sad to report that he did not sing my name during this episode, but we talked a, a decent amount about the passing of Burt Bacharach. And obviously, Rupert has a lot in common with Bert, just because they both wrote pop music, both wrote for the Broadway stage, and both wrote a lot for TV and movie screens. Um, So we talk all about that. So listen to that coming out on Monday. And then, Grace, you have an interview. We always love when you pop in with an interview with um, stage and Sirius XM star Christine Petty. Yeah, I mean, listen, I didn't, I fangirl, you're going to hear a fangirl a little bit, but I didn't mention my probably ultimate fangirl for her, which is that she was on The Sopranos. Like, she is so iconic on that show. And I did not know that. Yes. <laughs> it's, a, it's a really lovely interview because she's returning to the stage. Um, she's she's working on uh, the importance of being earnest kind of like a spinoff uh, play yeah, yeah. that's going on in Cincinnati, uh, which we discuss is the funniest um, title of a place in America, uh, and then it's coming to Broadway. Hold, hold on, Cincinnati is a funny word. Well, as a native Ohioan and somebody who took Latin in <laughs> high school, it is actually based on a Roman general slash slave, Ken Kanati. That is actually a that's the American pronunciation or the English pronunciation of an actual Latin and Roman person's name. We're learning a lot today on Broadway Radio. That's what we do. We are givers and we are educators here. (laughs) Uh, So great. We cannot wait to hear that. We will have tons of stuff in all of our feeds. But of course, if you want to hear everything before you can get it in this regular feed, head over to patreon.com slash broadwayradio, broadwayradio.com slash patreon. All right, Grace, not a ton of news, but we are getting into that time of year when we have a ton of things happening on the theatrical schedule. So we're going to run through a little bit of news. Go through this week's theatrical schedule and then talk about a few recommendations. We're going to start with the official casting announcement for the upcoming Broadway premiere of The Life of Pi. The show will begin performances at the Gerald Schoenfeld Theater on March 9th, ahead of of a March 30th opening. Interestingly enough, as you know, Grace, because you went and saw it, the show had its North American premiere at the Cambridge, Massachusetts American Repertory Theater uh, that ran from, I think, like early December into late January. Some of that cast is returning, but not all of that cast. And some of those cast members are kind of going in different spots. But the show will now be led by Olivier Award winner Haran Abbasakera, who will reprise his role as Pi. The uh, Olivier winning puppeteers Fred Davis and Scarlett Wilderink will also perform uh, with the Broadway production as the Bengal Tiger character. And then we have the complete list. It's always good when you like have talented people doing these really intricate puppet things. But I feel like that when you see people who have lived this and have have it kind of like ingrained in their bodies on how you actually do this properly, it makes a big deal. 
uh, as you know from your close ties to someone who spent a lot of time doing puppet work, um, mm. this is not easy stuff. So to have people who know how to do it properly, not only for the presentation and the performance, but also for their own physical health and well-being and their chiropractic bills, um, it's a big deal. So I'm excited that we are getting an opportunity to see a ton of these people who were at ART and in the West End uh, because this is one that is uh, is very exciting and should be very cool for a lot of folks to see. Yeah, and I'll say like Richard Parker is played by three puppeteer actors, and those three alternate. Richard, Par- so Richard six- Parker's the tiger. R- the tiger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the Bengal tiger. So there are six actors total that play that role at any given time oh, because wow. they trade off performances, and the West End cast at least two members of them, which I think are the ones that you named, were the ones that trained the ART crew. Oh, very um, cool. And, and a lot of and some of those actors had never done puppeteer work either. Um, so it was fascinating to watch these people breathe as one unit. I got um, again, like I was I was so fortunate to see an early uh, like sneak preview at ART, but also have an, an after show. I was say, uh, you got like, you got, yeah, you got like a, a yeah. not a talk back, but like a, a, a whole explainer of the whole thing afterwards. Yeah. Right? Daryl Roth literally like introduced them. It was like a really <laughs> cool moment. And uh, yeah, the, the puppeteers were explaining how they were so incredibly trained and that I just to to your note, and the only reason I say this is because it was such a beautiful moment where the puppeteers explain that even after the show has ended, there's extensive PT that goes into these actors after mm-hmm. the show has closed, knowing the repercussions that happen to the body. And I really appreciated that to your point as a person who has watched people, you know, really their bodies take a toll when they're doing, even though it's an hour, two hours performances, and you're not even in puppet for longer than, you know, 15, 20 minutes at a time. Um, it was, it was fascinating to learn about. So I highly recommend, um, getting yourself a little, a little pumped to see, to see Richard Parker's performance, those three actors. Um, because when, when they are on stage together, you are completely transfixed on, on that character and pie. So I'm real I'm looking forward to everyone experiencing that in March. I always love these things, whether it's like war horse, you know, a decade or so ago or anything. same group. Yeah. It's the same group, but yeah. any, anybody who does like this type of like really extensive, uh, I mean, lion King, even, and of course, frozen um that has like this puppetry stuff where i'm always impressed with like how the mind just after like i don't know a minute you just kind of like forget that you're looking at not the thing you're supposed to look at the animal or the the being or whatever obviously if you like focus on it of course you see the people and like you it's not like it completely disappears magically but like it is kind of magic that you just kind of accept the world and the visuals that you're looking at because of how great those puppeteers are and how great the design is that it really isn't that hard to believe that it is whatever it is whether it's a tiger whether it's a horse whether it's a a gazelle whether it's a snowman it really is incredible what these these artists do and we don't get a ton of it on Broadway, but when we it's do, it's really, really <laughs> impressive. Yeah. But I want to say the last, the, the, my favorite thing to do, and, and I encourage any listener to do this, the next time you are at a show where there's puppetry involved, pay attention and see who is meant to um, gesticulate with not only the puppet, but also as a performer with a face. Like, for example, mm. Timon um, in The Lion King you can see that performer's face pretty vividly and you see the puppet in front of them, similar to how Olaf was created. Um, I think there's there's just so much intention behind the creation of a lot of puppeteering and puppetry on 
the stage. And so I, I highly encourage our listeners to watch and see who is meant to see the face and who is meant to totally transform your mind because it's a really fun operation to see like how these actors are working. So yeah, it's just, it's just fascinating to me. There Very cool. Something that is a little less exciting to talk about. We're going to discuss a story that has been bubbling up over the last few days coming out of the Cleveland Playhouse, which is a Tony winning regional theater. Last week, it was reported that their planned production of I'm Back Now was canceled in the wake of allegations from the show's playwright, Charlie Avon Simpson, and the director's story airs that the theater's leadership had apparently mishandled a report of sexual assault perpetrated on a cast member. Apparently, whatever processes they went through reporting that and trying to figure out what happened were, I don't know if ignored is the the proper word, mishandled is the way that it is most often described, but after public posts by both Ayers and Simpson kind of explaining what happened and their concern about how Cleveland Playhouse did not handle things properly, the theater also released a statement, uh, which came out on Friday, The theater acknowledged, quote, missteps in their response to the incident, but challenged Ayers' version of events. According to the statement, the Playhouse offered the actor in question support following the assault and assistance in filing a police report. But apparently, according to the Playhouse, the actor declined. After Ayers learned of the attack, the theater says they began the process of moving the entire company into separate housing while also engaging in meetings to ensure all parties, including both Ayers and Simpson, would be satisfied with the theater response. According to the Playhouse statement, neither Ayers or Simpson vocalized what they would like the theater to have done during those meetings instead of what was actually done, and the rights to the play were pulled shortly thereafter, resulting in the cancellation. Neither the statements from the Playhouse or from Simpson and Ayers really got into a lot of the additional details, but it is um, not great. I have Playbill's uh, full report, a lot of which I uh, read to you here from Meg Masseron and Logan mm-hmm. Caldwell Block, who did some really great reporting on that. So they have the full yeah. details in the show notes, but um, not Yeah, Meg not is great. excellent. Yeah, yeah, I love Meg. Meg's awesome. Yeah. But yeah, no, no, no. I mean, and if what's what's wild is I literally, if you uh, are a listener and you you remember last year, this exact time, it was February 17th is when I talked to Charlie oh about Sandblast at Vineyard Theater Oh wow! Um, on the show. So um, she's just a phenomenal playwright. And it's just such a bummer that it had to be shared in that way through social media to get the word out when things like this happen. But we were all absolutely paying attention. So I'm glad that um, there was just at least some acknowledgement from the theater. Um, but I'm yeah. hoping that going forward, I, I, but I also appreciate that like we are in a time and a culture where we say like, no, actually that's not okay. Like I, I can't, um, willingly, you know, just sit, sit idly yeah. by. And that's really challenging. Like at the end of the day, like Charlie's like a newer playwright that, yeah. that risk and a, like a, a person of color, like that's really, um, I can't imagine like that is that's challenging and like risking something, but for, for the right reasons. Um, so I, I appreciate very much that everyone has been really transparent and shared that so, so much, but, um, yeah, it's, it's really like, it's just a real bummer, but I appreciate accountability and, um, I look forward to continuing to support their work. Yeah. All right, let's get into this week's theatrical schedule as we are recording on Sunday. The historic run of Brittany Johnson playing Glenda in Wicked on Broadway has come to an end. She was the first black woman to play Glenda full time on Broadway after 
I think she was the first uh, black woman or even um, woman of color to play her uh, on Broadway at all when she was the alternate. But she played her final performance uh, on Sunday. So congratulations to her. As we've talked about before, Mackenzie Kurtz will take over on Valentine's Day on Tuesday. So uh, congratulations. I'm excited to see what Brittany does next. I did see her in the role on Broadway and she was fantastic. So looking forward to whatever is next from her. Okay, next up, it's not like the heavy, heavy part of the season with a bunch of previews and openings and stuff, but we do have a decent amount of stuff coming up first on Monday, actually, which is uh, always interesting. We have the first preview performance at the Hudson Theater of the latest Broadway revival of Henrik Ibsen's A Doll's House. This is directed by Jamie Lloyd and, of course, stars the icon of stage and screen, Jessica Chastain as Nora. Also in this cast is Ariane Moyad. Tasha Lawrence, Okarite Anadawan, Michael Patrick Thornton, and Jessmil Darbuzi. An absolutely phenomenal cast. And I'm excited to see what Jamie Lloyd does with this because, like, he's not known for just, like, eh, just going to do a straight, normal revival. Um, so I'm excited to see what he does with this. This one is currently scheduled to play through June 4th. I feel like that day's. Very flexible. Uh, that would be one week before the Tony Awards. If this one does very well, I would not be surprised to see if this extend a another month or so. Uh, obviously, a lot of these people are very busy when it comes to other commitments that they have, usually uh, on screens large and small. But when you have a closing date for a star-studded thing one week before the Tony Awards... Generally, that means that you have some flexibility to extend. I have no inside knowledge of this. I just want to say that. Okay. I do I happen to get to kind of work a little bit on that one, um, just like full disclosure, but I have I have nothing. I, I got nothing. I hadn't heard that <laughs> down the okay. pipeline. So uh, we'll see if that's right. That's all I'm saying. Also happening tonight is the off-Broadway, I guess, reopening of The Wolf Play happening at MCC in collaboration with, obviously, Soho Rep, where it originated, and the Mayi Theater Company. Grace, you saw this a few weeks ago. Obviously, you could not talk about it uh, until it opened, which it is not yet, so you aren't aren't able to do that. But this is something that, um, although, like, you didn't get a comp ticket, so I guess technically you could. But true. But it is. It is from playwright Hansel Young and directed by Dustin Willis with a uh, really great cast. So I have no doubt that these will be very good reviews as they were the last time it was off Broadway. I also, you know what? I do want to shout out MCC Theater in this moment, even though we will talk about, you know, the show um, when I'm allowed to. Um, But I famously have had some like joint knee hip issues. And you were so lovely um, to uh, front row fox me for the show. And I uh, was sitting there and they informed us at the very top of the show that actors would be coming very close. And so uh, I was just the way, yeah, the way that they, the, the the front of house staff and the ushers communicated to everybody was so, so well done. And I kind of like pulled one to a side and said, in between, when I think those actors, I might need to stretch my legs if there is like, but I'll be mindful of that. And they said, also, there might be a seat available behind you that if and when the show starts that you'd like to move, we don't have like exits or anything. It was just handled so nicely. And I just That's hadn't great. had that experience in a long time. So I just wanted to shout out the fact that like MCC continues to kick ass. 
Yeah, they're, they're, they're awesome over there. And yeah. chances are very good that you'll see Bernie Telsey in the audience uh, or in the lobby before the that show. That man is always there. directly across from me. What is going on, always. Bernie? We are, we gotta, we're syncing up our schedules. It's wild. Yeah, he needs to cast you. Um, yeah. All right, moving on. On Valentine's Day, Tuesday, we have the official opening night of Cornelia Street. Grace, which you are, full disclosure, time travel, all that stuff you are seeing on Sunday. Um, is that right, Sunday? Oh, yeah, right now. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but probably when this show is coming out, you were seeing it. Um, but this this is the new world premiere musical from Atlantic Theater Company with a book by Tony winner Simon Stevens, music and lyrics by Mark Eitzel, uh, directed by Neil Pepe and choreographed by Hope Boykin. The cast is absolutely bonkers. You've got George Abood, Norbert Leo Butts, Giselle Jimenez, uh, Mary Beth Peel. Um, so many other great folks in this cast. So I'm excited. I've heard very the little. Butts. Norbert Leo, the butts. The butts. <laughs> the butts yes uh, absolutely um uh, kevin morrow's in it as well so I, I don't i have not heard much about this um so i'm excited to hear what you have to think about it and then of course all of the reviews coming up on tuesday then i'm going to run through we're running along so i'm going to run through some of these other shows that are just beginning previews here coming up um on thursday we have the new train-based play the coast starlight opening or beginning previews off broadway from lincoln center also on thursday the harder they come the new play from susan laurie parks at the public theater begins previews on friday on broadway we have the first preview performance of bad cinderella um I, I, I've done a little bit of a, like a 180 on this one. I'm actually rooting for this one now. Just, I mean, never that I wasn't rooting against it, but like, I, like, I actually feel invested in this show now because of how they've handled a lot of this stuff. And like the fact that they've leaned into the cheekiness of the whole enterprise, it's still probably going to be really bad, but like, I'm actually like excited for them. And I hope that they f develop a cult following like a Diana or something like that, because they seem like they're handling things the right way with this kind of property. So excited for them. Then on Saturday, we have the first preview for the, I feel like this might be the third return engagement or the third production of The Jungle, uh, I guess technically off-Broadway, but at St. Anne's Warehouse in Brooklyn. I saw it. I sat on the floor for, for The Jungle years ago. It is great. Check that one out. And then, of course, on Sunday... February 19th, we have the closing uh, between Riverside and Crazy on Broadway from Second Stage. Of course, you can continue to, to stream performances of that one online if you head over to Second Stage's website. Um, this week, real quick, here's what I've got. Monday night, I am seeing the national tour of Fiddler on the Roof in Lakeland, Florida. Then on Thursday, I'm going to Sarasota to see Mandy Patinkin. Then on Friday, I'm seeing Ant-Man and the Wasp Mania because of course. Then on Saturday, I'm heading down to Lauder Hill, Florida to see a production of 42nd Street in the afternoon. Then going to Fort Lauderdale on Saturday night to see a production of Honeymoon in Vegas. So I have a busy week, even if none of it is in New York City, Grace. That's an insane week, Matt. It, look, New York. I look. My goal was to get forty or to get fifty-two shows not in New York during this calendar year. As of now, I have thirty scheduled for January, February, and March. I'm including concerts. Like I'm including Mandy wow. Patinkin in there. I'm including Ellery Ward in there. I'm including yeah. Jess, a Jesse Mueller concert in there. I'm counting those as shows. Um, mm -hmm. But I've got 30 scheduled. I had like 46 in 2022, but I had at least an extra like 10 to 12 that I didn't that I had tickets to and didn't go to um, for whatever reason. So I'm getting my 52 this year. No questions asked. 
Um, okay, wow. r- real quick, recommendations. I mentioned a different uh, video from Ramin Karamlu last week where he started teasing something Phantom of the Opera related. He has another one out in which he's getting ready to make some sort of announcement and then all of a sudden cannot speak as if he is being like the voice is being choked out of him, much like happens to Carlotta and the Phantom of the Opera. And then we get the big booming score of Phantom. Our friend Robbie Rizel on Twitter supposed that they will film Phantom of the Opera on stage at the Majestic before it closes with Ramin Karamlu. Um, normally, I would say Sierra Bagus would be in it as well, but she's currently mm. in L.A. doing um, Secret, Secret Garden. Garden. So depending on when they do that, um, maybe it'll be her. Maybe it won't. So but that is a that is as good a theory as anybody has had. I've seen. So um, I'll have a link if you want to check out that video in the show notes. Now, Grace, you also have a recommendation that you wanted to talk about before we head into uh, to close out the show. Yeah, I've actually got two. So if you're in New York City on February 13th, now, today, when you're listening to the show, mm-hmm. um, stop by the Drama Bookshop uh, Cafe because I worked on some puns and I'm excited for you to see them. And if mm-hmm. you enjoy Anne Juliet or you enjoy cafe drinks and Milanovich, who runs the cafe there, is so freaking awesome. Um, they uh, have helped me create some of the really cool, like special, especially Valentine's Day themed uh, drink takeover for Anne Juliet. So please please, please stop by. It's very fun. Um, And then we've got, uh, here's the thing. On Friday, I got to see Solo, a a play about friendship by Gabe Malika, who I had been kind of like following since I saw him at the premiere of uh, Mike Birbiglia's show, actually, The Old Man in the Pool. Um, And a friend of mine was like, you know, you've really got to, you've got to go try to see more solo shows this year because last year I didn't get to see hardly any, right? Um, But Gabe is kind of like... uh, the new like he, I mean I've seen him on a bunch of like late night stuff he's from Astoria he was doing a show at Edinburgh um, 59 East 59th Street like he's been touring he just did the show in LA it just had a six-week extension for good reason it's a really really good show all the shows are at 9 p.m you've got February 15th through the 17th the 19th the 20th the 22nd through the 25th You've got a couple more opportunities to see the show, but I really, I highly recommend it. Um, it's a, it's a well-written piece. And if you are like him and you just turned 30 and you realized oh, where are all my friends, this is the show for you. And also for your Sondheim nerds, I was shocked. That was not in the copy of what the show is about, but there's a lot of Sondheim references. And I there think our listeners would enjoy that. So there you Absolutely. Go. What about if you've recently turned 40 and have no yeah. friends? Does that count too? Oh, I just think you should stay at show? home. Yeah. No. Yeah. Okay. I, I think that that's when you just don't leave the house. No, no, no. no. I think that's this is the perfect show true. for you. Yeah, that's probably better. Or you just try to go see as many plays outside of New York City as possible. You're so, doing CrossFit. You're really doing the doing work, CrossFit. Matt. I'm doing it. I'm putting in time. All right, that's all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW. Matt Grace, where can people find you? You can find me on all forms of social media for now at It's Grace Aki. All right, everybody. Have a wonderful Monday. We'll be back to talk to you tomorrow. 